David, how the heck you been, bro? Awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, doing really well. Uh, had a good break uh, across the uh, Christmas New Year. Good. And um, yeah, feel real refreshed uh, coming into 2023 uh, smoking. <laughs> I love it, man. That makes me happy right there, yeah. brother. That makes me happy. Are you traveling? What's your travel schedule look like, bro? What are you doing? Yeah, I um, uh, I'm off tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, in interstate tomorrow. I, I'm doing three days at the Australian Prophetic Summit. I sit on one of my roles is I sit on the national leadership of um, a council of Australian prophets. So we convene every year for three days and just kind of hot house with one another. Um, you know, word of the Lord, what we, you know, what we feel like God's doing, that sort of thing, strategize around um, what, to, you know, the prophetic um, movement, what, to, how to mature it, how to see it integrated into uh, the life flow of the body in the nation. So we, we kind of take a nation look at it. So that's, that's kind of there. But um, later in the year, uh, I'm just setting up now, uh, I've got clients in Europe. So, um, probably around the middle of the year, I'm going to do the whole Eastern Europe, Italy, Netherlands, <laughs> Czech Republic, uh, Budapest, Hungary. So I'll do a bunch of uh, kingdom, I call them kingdom influences uh, seminars. I'll do that and and call in on uh, my business uh, uh, clients there. Um, and then I've got a, um, I've got a trip somewhere between then and sort of August into Kenya, Nairobi. There's a guy that was at ICAL, David Juma. He runs the, um, I think he runs the the, the ICAL version uh, in, uh, in in Nairobi. There's got a really uh, television, it's got a television station, very, good. Uh, very sort of significant work there. So I'll go and do a little bit of work with him. And, um, and we've got, uh, hope you see, we've got two kind of mega churches in white collar, mega churches in Hyderabad and Secunderabad in India, kind of like uh, not, not, you know, I mean, it's full of Indians, but these are university trained, nice. um, you know, executives that that sort of it's not country India. Uh, so I'll go and do a business seminar with them. And then the, the other thought is in November, when I come to ICAL, uh, I've got a guy up in Canada called Derek Snyder, who runs a uh, he runs a, a thing there called History Makers Academy. He's a senior minister, only a young guy, probably a little younger than I am. And he does these three-day transformational uh, seminars for marketplace people. So uh, the uh, the thought, I think, is I'm going to go there probably before ICAL, do something with him in the city, and then come to ICAL. I've got a client there in Rockwell, Texas, that wants me to do maybe a private retreat with some business people, which I might do on the other side of ICAL. So that's kind of the year travel-wise, and I'll probably duck over to New Zealand as well. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So when, you yeah. do, when you're doing consulting, bro, tell me, I know we talked mm. a little bit at ICAL, but I wanted to yeah. kind of get a little little more familiar <clears throat> with everything you're doing. So tell me, tell me about your consulting yeah. with your uh, business clients. What does that sure. look like? What is that? How do you do that? I mean, sure. tell me what you do. Sure. Tell, and then tell me an avatar yeah. of your client. Who's your, what's your lookalike client? Okay. What do they look like? Sure. Well, um, the, the consulting evolved 
uh, 15 years ago, I really came in uh, to the, uh, I was more life coaching, doing the life coaching stuff with um, sort of, you know, forward thinking individuals. And it was a lot of success stuff. Um, I, I, I stayed away from the Christians early on. I think I might have told you that. Um, I didn't want to get corrupted. Um, so I was, but, but it, it was great. Uh, I was, I was really learning back then how to bring kingdom principle to unbelievers, um, and walk them, you know, into success, but holistic success. And so it would always, the spiritual aspect of their success would, would, you know, we'd always get there. Uh, that didn't mean they always came to Christ, but right. we would go there. And so, um, but that then evolved more. The business people began pulling on me. Initially, it, it was um, really about business advice, you know, just kind of sales systems uh, staff, right? That sort of uh, nuts and bolts of business stuff. But then, then what really happened was um, uh, my clientele did, did begin to morph into more kingdom Christian guys, um, which was great. Uh, and... What happened was uh, there was always spiritual formation there. I'm wired prophetically, so there was this just this uh, tension between practical business smarts and then spiritual formation that was really pressing into uh, prophetic intelligence. Um, you know, just trying to figure out what does what does kingdom. Uh, how do I lead my business in a kingdom framework that's more than just Christianese? Like, because it's got to translate, right? Because the, yeah. the, the the beautiful thing and the terrible thing about church is you can preach a hundred sermons, and um, it doesn't really make a difference to anyone. But but they'll keep turning up in the as you know in the marketplace. You have six meetings with a client, and and it's not working. You, you don't get the, the next meeting like it's done right because it's brutal so what 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 happened was um the clients started to accelerate into um their ability to hear god of course there was an impartational thing and uh i began to i think what i began to do by the grace of god is find a sequence principles sequence um that um that that aligned people to kingdom principles and unlock them into supernatural realm. And so then all of a sudden that evolved. I began to mentor and, and be asked to come in and, um, and do some elite elite team, team training, leadership stuff and all the rest. But now today, bringing it to today, my clients today um, usually sit uh, from a, from a money perspective, as far as turnover, my, my, you know, bandwidth client is about someone running 10 to $50 million a year, right? So 10 to 50 million is their organization. Um, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20 to my, my biggest client is 600 staff. Um, so anywhere from those sort of that bandwidth, um, my clients these days really come to me um, heavier for this the spiritual intelligence and the formation thing in them at a supernatural realm, um, the bet, the bonus to them is that I can, I understand business and business language. So what happens is while we're doing spiritual formation, there are also, when they're asking me, Dave, can you stand in intercession with me around this 
this issue with the government and a contract and all the rest, uh, I'm competent in the business realm to understand that. And so in the intercession and the prophetic response, I'm able to calibrate it in a way that's tractional for them. Uh, and, and so really most of my clients now, uh, I would say we would go 70% uh, kingdom uh, revelation, supernatural stuff, and really trying to get prophetic intel uh, as well as kingdom principle and about 30% specific you know, I, I want to take my business and go from ten million to twenty million, or you know, I, I, I'm, you know, whatever that that might look like. And the spectrum, of course, of industry is everything from land developers, agriculture companies, uh, national chains of bakeries. That's one of them that's there. Uh, national chain of psychiatric uh, practices. Um, you know, they're they're really eclectic uh, in that respect. I've got a whole bunch of mental health service suppliers here that I do, but the lead is now, it's changed from what it was, the lead is they they do have to be kingdom. Um, I'll do one-offs with, with probably sure. um, non-Christian companies. Sure. Um, I just, at this point, I just haven't, I've moved away from that probably the last five years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> tell me about your, uh, yeah. tell me about your upbringing. How did you get here, man? Tell me, tell me the, the story. <laughs> I, I know it's a, it's yeah. a good story, but tell me the story. I, yeah. You know, just give well, me, the, give the me quick, the, the quick version is, um, the quick version is I, I, I jumped into entrepreneurship very early. I was 10 wow. and, um, uh, non-Christian home, bit of a poor background. I just got, uh, I just wanted pocket money. So, um, I built a car wash business with a couple of friends at 10, which did really well. But then my my, my father got involved in, in hospitality and restaurants when I was about 11. So I became the waiter uh, for him, left school at 14 wow. to become his business partner because he wanted to buy a cafe that I knew how to, how to operate. He didn't. He was into pizza restaurants. I knew how to operate the cafe because I'd gone and worked for the cafe owner's because my dad wasn't paying me properly when I was 12. So, <laughs> so I left him and, and went and worked for these guys. So he, he let me leave school. So I became his business partner there. So then from 14 to 30, I had 12 different businesses that I bought and sold, all in the hospitality industry. Wow. Um, but my wife uh, got, um, she's a, into pet grooming. And uh, in, in our mid-20s, we began to build a chain of pet grooming salons, dog grooming uh, salons. And um, until until my early, uh, like early, uh, late 20s, sorry. And then I, I took a whole diversion and um, thought I could do anything. And so I started a stationary company manufacturing like inspirational stationery, which was a, a, a magnificent, um, a magnificent destruction. And I blew it up. <laughs> I blew it up. And um, I thank God for that, by the way. I blew it up. And um, my ego took the biggest hit that I ever had. And yeah. I, I went and had a big sulk. And so I, I said to God, that's it, I'm done. And I went to corporate life and uh, went and worked in a multinational company as a supply chain and logistics, as a kind of a, a mid-level manager. And um, at 35, 36, I got a promotion uh, from the company. I got a sponsorship. They wanted me to do an MBA 
they sponsor, they were going to sponsor it, uh, send me to university and put me on this uh, global leadership track. And instead of doing that, I actually quit. I, I, I quit because uh, I felt the Lord told me to quit. And uh, he told me, how long will you keep running from your call into business? And I, I began the consultancy company at that point. Very and then good. that's that's the history. That's yeah. the history of it. What 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 church yeah. are you affiliated with back in Australia? What, where are you at? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm actually contracted to a church here called Hope Unlimited Church. My senior pastors, uh, Mark and Darlene Check. Oh, okay. you probably know that last yeah, name, I've, right? I've heard, I've heard so, that name once or twice. Not you know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that I've got to tell you, that's been a real godsend. I've been with uh, ten years uh, with them. 10 years, I mean, Mark himself, Mark Check is the senior pastor. We're a multi-site church. You know, in Australia, we're probably considered one of the larger churches, several thousand members. Um, but um, Mark himself is the senior pastor and also runs a global media company called 4B Media. So he himself is bivocational. And uh, that was the deal that he and I made 10 years ago when he said to me, I, I want you to be the business manager uh, help me, help me run this thing. And I just said to him, I'll only do it if you pay me for full-time results, not full-time hours in the chair. And you know that I'll build businesses alongside. And he took the deal and he's never changed it wow. ever since. So officially, I'm the business manager of the entire movement. Um, and I'm the marketplace pastor of the six campuses, which has about, we have about 200 business families in the six campuses. So it's my oversight there. I built an entrepreneur academy inside this church wow. that is now global. It's called the Center of Excellence. Uh, so in the in, in the entrepreneur, you can learn uh, only two courses, kingdom business and workplace leaders. We don't train you to preach. We don't train you to be the kids pastor. We don't train you to be the worship pastor. You can't do any of that. It's purely a marketplace uh, uh, you know, at center of excellence, and uh, it's now it's uh, it's online, it's virtual, so people all over the world do it. But then what we do here is three times a year we do these these intensives. So in February we've got an intensive called Business Toolbox, which we're really just going to talk about money, prosperity, uh, supernatural wealth. Then in the middle of the year we have a retreat, two day retreat, where we bring prophets in. Everybody lays their business down, lays their lives down. We prophesy into their business uh, lives. And then at the end of the year, we have a mastermind where I bring like a, a, a neuro trainer or a mind, a mind coach. And we, we, we break off self-limiting beliefs, uh, renewal of the mind, all that stuff. So we do that three times a year, three intensives that we hothouse. We get about, you know, we, like, we, we fill uh, one of our churches with people for two days, um, you know, they pay significant, like, well, not not significant. They pay good money to come. Um, but but that's kind of the rhythm that we're in at the moment. So Very good. Um, yeah, that's cool, so, yeah. man. How did you, uh, how did you yeah. connect with uh, with Kelly? How did you guys, how did you guys uh, meet? Yeah, I, I, a, a spiritual father of mine in the early days was involved with um, ICAL, ACAL it's called here. And I, I was literally carrying his bags. And um, it came and, uh, uh, you know, sat in with Wagner in the early days when Wagner came. And um, uh, I, I loved the revelation. I struggled with the structure. 
that sure. they were trying to perpetuate to capture that revelation. And so when my spiritual father passed away, I, I, I really didn't, I was busy in business and all the rest. I really didn't go there. And uh, the guy that was leading the Australian arm of it used to call me every year and invite me to come I uh, to their main event. And I went, no, no, no. Eventually, um, I said, yes. I, I said, no, one year. And the Lord rebuked me and said, it's time to go back. Lance Walno was was speaking. Yeah. And I had lunch with Lance. And I really made the decision that, you know, I, I, I need to stop being a critic and probably be a change agent. And yeah. that's how then I got connected to Kelly. Very cool. How long have you been going back? What year was that? Um, well, this about six six years ago now, six seven years ago. Very so, good. and then I was made the national convener twenty nineteen, just before uh, COVID broke out. Of us of Australia. Of Australia, yeah. Very good, man. Very good. Very yeah. good. And transitioned it. Transitioned it. It was at the time it was full of church pastors. Um, now, ACAL in Australia is probably half marketplace leaders and half uh, so marketplace leaders, business, politics, uh, all that space, and half would be, you know, senior leaders of churches, movements what, what in Australia. That, so it's about what does that meeting look like, Dave? What is, what what do you guys do in the in the in the uh, the ACAL meetings? What do you what do you well, look like? I I dismantled. I just they what well, all they used to do. To be brutally honest, all they used to do was convene a national a national conference once a year, and and then have a couple of little touch points. Uh, before COVID, this is 2019, before COVID, uh, as I'm going to Dallas, I felt the Lord say to me, uh, the season of conferences has come to an end and it'll be councils and tables, right? not knowing what that meant. Yeah. So uh, when Kelly says to me, would you would you take ACAL? I said to him, only if you let me kill the conference. I said, I'm going to kill the conference and I'm going to push everyone back to regions and go, hey, I, I need you, before we think of anything else, we need to go and build apostolically in regions and 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 bring the testimony of that fruit so that we have some validity when we're going to call a national conference and say we have a national vision. Like, like it's got to be fruit on the ground. So um, not knowing that that I'd go home and then COVID would, <laughs> would help us kill all that. Right. So um, what, what's happened is uh, I've said to the leaders, um, uh, you need to build regionally. So what happens for us is every every two like we we obviously connect, but every two months we we come on a Zoom and I'm asking, uh, tell me the projects that you're working on in your region. Tell me uh, the apostolic advocacy that you're bringing into the ecclesia, you know, or the sphere in which you operate. So we've got some some of these leaders now. Uh, one of them is the right hand. Um, advisor to a mayor, like the equivalent of a mayor, and he's actually brought her now on staff two days a week, and he's called her, her his community liaison officer, but right. she's actually his intercessor, Very right? Yeah. Um, another one, which she was a senior pastor in, in a city, doing a good kind of work with the poor, right? Had been 10, 15 years. I just said to her, I'm, I'm not quite sure that you're called respectfully to the, to the church place. So she goes into politics and she's now the deputy mayor of that region and in two years has brought more kingdom change than she did as 10, 15 years 
trying to be a pastor in the city, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not against pastors, of course. You know what I'm saying here. But um, And then one of our guys, Paul Botha, he was there at ICAL. He spoke, I think, on the first day. He's been convening these uh, state uh, apostolic tables. He's got maybe about 24 leaders in the city. I think about six of them are marketplace. Then the balance, 18 of them are senior leaders from across all the denominations. And um, it's not just a unity table. It's not a let's pray for the needs of the city table. It's not that. It's an, it's an, he's called it an apostolic elders table. And their job is to uh, really discern or figure out what does kingdom, what does the father want as far as kingdom manifested in the city? How does he want that? And then their job is to go and execute or find the people resource, the money resource, the connection resource yeah. to go and bring implementation to that. So uh, they're, they're just a couple of the projects that uh, that we've been working on, which I think are really gaining gaining traction. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, that's the thing for us, you know, with life leaders, you see the thing behind me. I, uh, yeah, our model is that like, how do we how do we do kingdom? Right. I don't even like the word apostolic yeah. anymore because we butchered it to death. But how, sure, how sure. do we how do we how do we implement the reign R E I G N? How do we implement the reign of God, the reign of Christ in our communities? All right, that's real. I mean, yeah. we, ha we have one this weekend. We've got a meeting we're headed to this weekend, and so I text right. I text the guys out. I said, Hey, man, let's do um, uh, let's let's do community where the kingdom meets the community. Let's just let's just stay in this zone and, and try to focus on right. that. I, you know, I'm I I've been in this church business, whatever you want to call it, my whole life, really. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. it's funny, right? I, the, uh, December 20th was my 30th anniversary walking with Christ. I forgot about it. But, um, wow. you know, Pops, my, my, my spiritual Pops, Dr. Cottle, so uh, he started yeah. CLST. So I texted him uh, yesterday, I believe it was. I said, Pop, it's 30 years ago this month. I got saved. Wow. I, I gave my heart to Christ December 20th, 1992. And I started CLST about three weeks later. And I told him, I said, um, this 30 years ago, I started Bible school with you. So um, anyway, we were chatting. But but for us, man, it's 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 about, uh, you know, here's what I want to do. I, I'll tell you this, Dave. So I don't know how yeah. long ago it's been. I, I could probably pull it up in my notes here if I chose to. But um, I've been battling the, the battle of what are we doing? What are we trying to get accomplished, right? So I felt like God right. told me one morning, he said, um, I need you to build a merging lane. And okay. I, I felt like I knew what that meant. And I saw a little sign. I don't know about Australia, but here we have little uh, diamond shaped signs. And yeah. there's a road and then there's a merge lane coming just like this. Yeah. And I saw this That's sign. It. Right. So he said, I need you to build me a merge lane. And I said, well, tell me what that means. And he said, I need you to build a lane where... Uh, church, well, back then, I mean, it's probably been you know, seven, eight years ago, where church sure. leaders meet market leaders or, or life or, you know, marketplace yeah. life leaders. He said, I need these yeah. two to meet at the table and have a conversation. And I need it to be a space where all things are congruent and all things are equal. It's not titles and, and decimals and those kind of things. It's just, you know, men and women having real conversations. So anyway, I'll tell you this story. So I was a member yeah, of yeah. A, uh, a large real estate mastermind because I'm a real estate guy. So we do a lot of real estate. Okay. Um, and uh, it really changed my life. I've always been a preacher. I got saved when I was when I was 20 years old and I started preaching, you know, a year later. Right. So 
Um, yeah. My yeah. only speaking was was that, right? I'd take a, I'd take a script, I'd preach, pray, yeah. and prophesy. That's what I knew how to do. So anyway, <laughs> when I joined this mastermind, bro, um, I had to get up and speak, and it was coming out of the crash, 2008 crash. So I w- it was right on the back, right. the back of that. It was 2010 or 11. And so I, I didn't even have my mojo back. I didn't have my rhythm. I felt like mm-hmm. a I felt like a douche. I felt like a dud, a failure. I'm trying to build something back, and you know I'm still in debt, and I'm still getting calls from uh, yeah. from all this other stuff. So anyway, long story short, but I went through this mastermind, and it really gave me um, a bandwidth on how to speak without mm-hmm. using the text, right? Okay. How, yeah, how to yeah. bring how to bring life. So what's funny is when I started, man, um, I was freaked out out of my mind. I was nervous. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to speak. <laughs> I stayed. I think I think I was in for five or six years. I was in this group. So I remember the last year I was in the group. The guy who owns the group called me one morning because they were getting really busy. Right. They were getting really packed. Yeah, it was yeah. a, they, they were they were growing. I mean, they were really growing and they all had so many speaking spots. Right. So. I was like, look, man, I don't need to speak. I had I had already grown accustomed to it at this point. I was an old guy in the group by now. And so sure. I told uh, I told the uh, the COO, which would which it would have been. I said, man, I don't need to speak. So if you're jammed up on time, don't worry about me. Just, you know, let let the, some of the new guys, you know, they need they need help. So let them get up there and speak. He was like, oh, man, I appreciate it, D. And uh, that's good. So then the next morning it's seven o'clock. Jason, who owns the group, calls me up. And he says, D, man, uh, he used some some different terms that we don't use in church. But he's like, what the mm-hmm. heck, bro? Uh, I said, what do you mean, bro? He said, man, why are you not speaking? I said, man, I'm just trying to make room. I don't I don't need anything. You know, I'm just trying to give some room to people. He said, no, nah, man, you don't understand. I don't care what you talk about. I don't care what All you right. speak on. He said, but when you speak, you change the atmosphere in the room. I need you to get up and speak. I don't right. care what you do. You can right. talk about shoestrings if you want to. But anyway, I tell you that story because what happened to me is that, you know, when I started in, I'm, I'm a preacher. Right. And I still am. Sure. Right? I know how to do what I do sure. if we if we want to do it. I was a preacher only. And then by the end of this, uh, God had reframed me and made me have the ability mm. to speak in boardrooms and have the ability to right. speak. And what was really cool about this, Dave, is that I was I had the ability at the time. And I, I say at the time. God had transitioned me to be able to talk to anybody, uh, anyone on any scope or sphere. And I I, I had learned how to bring the principles that we know, right? I had learned to bring this into the mix. And uh, so it was really, really cool. So then a few years after that, I've been out of that mastermind for a while now, but a few years after that, man, I've been framing life leaders for a while, probably 15 years, right? Trying to figure out what is this thing that God is talking about? And um, and then when he started talking to me about the merging lane, I, I, I still didn't know what it meant. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. That's a good word. I just have no idea what that means. Right. <laughs> you know how that goes. So uh, but yeah. now, man, we're starting to we're, we're really starting to get our flavor of this. Like, what are we okay. assigned to do? I, I uh, we we obviously have a Bible school. I, I, I think I told you that we have a Bible school yep. that, that Doc Cottle gave me. It's an online school. Uh, we're changing mm. the name of this, trying to change it to Life Leaders University, but um, oh, wow. uh, which will be really cool. But um, one of the things I've, I've been working on, because I'm a scholar, I'm, I'm really a scholar, man. I, I mean, I love the book. Mm. I've been studying the Bible my whole my whole grown up life. I'm 30 years deep in this thing. So 
I, I know how to do that. And uh, what I'm really become good at now is taking the deep, deep principles of God, right? Because I'm Greek and Hebrew, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm Doc Cottle's son. So you got to know Greek and Hebrew and you, <laughs> you got to do all the stuff, right? But, but anyway, man, I, just to take all of that stuff and bring it into a practicum, right? Like, well, right, here, here's, right, what, here's right. what that means. So I, I did a course. I have a course that I'm, uh, I'm actually going to do it right here in the studio. Um, I, I have a teaching on the kingdom of God, the noun and the verb. And mm -hmm. um, God showed me something. I don't know, man. It's probably been a year ago. I started working on this. And uh, we're good at the noun, right? We're good at the kingdom, right? right? Where, it's, where it's castles and scepters and kings and, 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 and all of these things, right? You say kingdom, my mind thinks of heaven for whatever reason, right? But, right, there, but, right. but most, of, most of the New Testament where Jesus said kingdom and John the Baptist brought up the word kingdom, it's the verb form and mm. it's, it's the action of the reign. That's why I use the reign, the R-E-I-G-N, the reign of God. So yeah. now I'm in a place or we, we all are in a place now where I'm going, how do we institute the reign, the reign right. of Christ? You know, one, one of our guys asked me, he said, man, are you a dominionist? And uh, I said, man, I, you know, I don't like labels and I don't like boxes, first and foremost. So I don't want anybody to try to box me into something to, to, to make me become what, you know, is comfortable for your mindset. Uh, I, but the reality is, I'm, I, I, that's what I told him. I said, I lean that way, right? Like mm -hmm. my mind is coming to a place now, Dave, to where I see this culmination of the two. I see heaven and earth culminating, right? So I, I keep going. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever read Deverne Fromke. Have you ever read his books, Fromke, F-R-O-M-K-E? No, no, I haven't. Really, really, really scholarly guy, man. You will love his stuff. He's got a book called The Ultimate Intention. He's got a three-series book, um, but The Ultimate okay. Intention is the first book. And it really kind of gave me a barometer to try to take religion out of the equation and go, well, what did God have in his mind? Like if you take if, yeah. if you take me back to Adam, what, what was God thinking about? I get the fall and I get all that stuff. But if we take all that out of the equation, what sure. was God thinking about? And the farther I go down this rabbit hole, the more I see that God was interested in Adam being a partner in his business. Yeah. And, and his business is reigning in the earth. I'm going to do a teaching this weekend. Um, I, I won't go too deep in this, man, but. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's the summation. Moses was trying to say everything that is, was, or ever will be, God did it. Second mm -hmm. verse says, the earth, and there's no the in the Hebrew. It just says earth was, and that word was is the word haya, H-A-Y-A. And it's the word for being. It's the I am, right? When God says I am that mm -hmm. I am, that's the word. So, yeah. so it's a being word. It's a, it's a state. Tony Robbins would call it the state word, right? It, it's the state <laughs> yeah. of, right? Which I love Tony yeah. Robbins. So anyway, second verse is earth. The state of the earth was, was bohu tohu. So it was formless, void, and dark. So I just, I, I just got this this week, right? So God's intent was to create darkness, formlessness, and void and shove Adam into it and say, hey, imagine what this could be. Now go, right. now go create, now go create reigning and yeah. order where the chaos reigns. Yeah. 
And so if I go back yeah. to that, then I come to today's, uh, today's model and I go, well, th nothing's changed in God's mind. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, God, God hasn't changed his mind to the fact Jesus just brought us the model and said, look, I'm going to finish the stuff you messed up. But God hasn't changed his mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. Right. The earth he gave yeah, to that. the sons love of that. Adam. Yeah. To yeah. reign over the works yeah. of his hands. So when I look at all yeah. of that, man, and I look at what we are and what we're becoming, one of the things I have a problem with our church meetings, like and I, not, not ICAL in particular, because I go to a lot of church meetings. But, dude, we just keep circling, bro. We keep circling the wagons. Yeah. We keep doing the same thing we did last year and the same thing we did 10 years ago. And none of our cities are getting transformed. Yeah. And in Matthew 13, 33, here's what he said. The kingdom, the reign, the reign of God, the reign of heaven is like leaven mm -hmm. that a woman. And when you look in the Greek, it, it so he said a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. And the description that Jesus used was this girl is a professional baker. She's not Susie around the corner trying to bake a cake. She actually knows right, what she's right. doing because she measured out her meal and she knew how to get this cake. In, in this loaf that she was that she was baking, she knew how to make this right. So it says that she took the leaven, the kingdom, the reign of heaven and hid it mm. into the meal until all of it was leavened. Yeah. And, and that was the epitome of the kingdom of God. So when I look at that, man, I, I am I am 100 percent interested in how do we get this rain in every city into the mayor's office, the city council, Right. I mean, I mean, we're all in that yeah. now. I'm, I, I've got guys locally who, as a matter of fact, the mayor is a buddy of mine and I'm going to do a, a podcast with him right here in this set. Um, nice. But, dude, I'm trying to get us to where we they know our name. And when they have a question about how do we build, the guys are calling me now, Dave, going, hey, man, how do I build this city and drop, you know, this grant money without these people calling gentrification on us? And, uh, yeah, sure. and so I said, Hey man, I got that model. Come to the office. Let's talk about it. So he comes by the office and I draw it on the board. I said, this is how you do it. It's just one inch at a time. You don't try to eat the whole loaf at the same time. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. you know, what's, what's funny, man, is that you know, I can preach, pray and prophesy, dude, I've been doing that for 30 years. That's, that's fun for me. I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. But man, looking at my history, I'm looking and, and, Whatever, maybe we're just a dumb bunch, but I'm going, man, we're not making an impact by doing these church meetings. And I love it. I think we should do it. I'm happy yeah. about it. But it has to be yeah. it has to become to the fact that we're doing a meeting to merge and build the build the bridge between us because because yeah. difference equals distance and distance is difference. And if we mm. if we take away the difference then the distance is gone. And then we can have a real conversation about, Hey man, I'm, I'm struggling. How do like, like my, my mayor here, I'm, you know, how do I do such and such and this and that without somebody throwing a stone at us? I go, man, I got an answer. Yeah. Here it is. We were having a conversation the other day and they started talking about policy. And I said, well, you guys are trying to build policy without principle and a policy without principle right. is just politics and emotional hype. You got to have a principle that lasts. It's got to work in Australia. It's got to work in North Carolina. Yeah, it's got to yeah, work. Yeah, it's got to yeah. work. in. that's a principle. That's the stuff we actually have. Right. Mm, but they're mm, not they're mm. not they're really not asking us the questions. And I'm at a place now at 50 years old, bro, where I'm going, man, I want I want these guys that have the chairs. I want to I want the ones that are sitting in the chair to call me up and say, hey, Darren, how do I do this?
That, that's what I want. Yeah. I don't want to be the mayor. I don't want to be on city council. No, no, no. But I want, them, I want them to say, I got a problem. How do we solve it? Yeah. And, and, and to yeah. me, that's where the kingdom, that's where the reign of God comes to our cities. That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, I hear. No, I, I mean, I think, I think really what you're talking about, uh, I, I love that, by the way. Um, I love the thought of dominion in the sense that I'm, I'm the same as you. But, but what does that mean, right? right you know, right. the thing, the way that I see it is um, coming back to your creation space. You know, God creates when he, when, he, when he creates the heavens and the earth, he doesn't create them perfect. He creates them good. That's right. Um, you know, the, one of the bases of the word good means full of potential. There it is. And then when you dr- when you drill down into, and then he gives man dominion, right, over. Um, the word dominion, one of, the, one of the principles of that is the ability to take something and bring it to its fullest expression. Yep. Right? So... So you think about that, you go, yeah, so God God makes creation pregnant with potential, and then he gives man the job of actualizing the fullness of creation, the fullness of yeah. his. And, and in Romans 1, Paul says that the ultimate job of creation is to declare the glory of God. Yep, yep. <laughs> You, you know, so it it makes so in that respects, I am a dominionist. In yep. that respects, yep. I, I believe in the reconciliation of all things. I all things. I believe the cross wasn't just a restoration of uh, sin. You know, the sin issue. No, uh, but that it that it that it penetrated beyond uh, sin and to the corruption that sin brought to this great to this pregnant creation. Right. The so yes. you know, for me, dominion is the the. Um, the actualizing of everything that Jesus restored to us on the cross uh, at a cosmological level, you know. So in that respect, yeah, I am a dominionist. But I, I also think that, Darren, like you said, when lots of people, when somebody says kingdom, they think heaven. A lot of the time when when you say, when people say kingdom, they think church, ecclesiastical That's right. church. That's right. That's right. And, and I, I think that really what we're, we're doing here, I've, I've seen it in the, my studies through church history, all the way from the early church to St. Patrick, uh, to Charlemagne, to uh, some of the Orthodox guys, to even some of the, in you know, I know they call it the Dark Ages, but in some of the uh, Catholic uh, history, sure. and then in, even into Luther, where um, I think the greatest scandal was this thought of private religion, that, that religion was supposed to be confined in a yeah. private space, right? Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, all that did was take religion, uh, the the uh, the voice of God out of politics, out of civic society. It was like, no, you guys, you guys figure out heaven, and we'll do the stuff here on the earth. But the reality is, the earth is just an outpost of the kingdom. Anyway. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. Right. So, so, so I think I think that's. I hear what you're saying. I I actually um, uh, I don't I, I don't. I don't like the posting of prophetic words on social media. That's that's not a great. I mean, I you know whatever encourage people, but um, when I and and I as a I don't have a prophetic word every morning. <laughs> I, I probably once every two years, God will put a burden on me for two months, and a word will yeah. grow inside of me. And then usually, what happens is I'll only then release that word if I feel. It, to leaders in the body of Christ, I don't go and post it 
I'm sorry, leaders of movements or whoever's in my sphere that the word is appropriate to, and then they can judge it and weigh it and all the rest. Uh, and so uh, I did that uh, this year. It's called um, the word's called the season of the ravens, right? The coming season of the ravens, and it speaks to what I believe that whole Elijah with Ahab, you know, drought on the land. Then Elijah gets taken to the brook, the brook Chibrit. He's sustained by the brook and he's fed by ravens morning and evening, yeah. right? Yeah. And I felt I felt the Lord say to me that the earth will continue in drought and calamity for a season. I really believe over the next kind of seven years that that the wars, all that is going to the disruption in the markets is going to remain there. But there's this opportunity for the sons of the kingdom to be sustained supernaturally in the in the flow of the Holy Spirit. But the ravens are really interesting because the ravens were an unclean bird, right? Deuteronomy right. 14. Right. Imagine Elijah, who's a good, he knows his Bible, right? Right. <laughs> the, the first day the raven comes with meat in his mouth. I reckon he would have tried to kill it or rebuke it or whatever, <laughs> call down fire on it. It's like, no, send me a dove. Right. Don't send me right. a raven. But then he figures out by the spirit of the Lord that the raven is the provision of heaven for him. And the raven comes and gives him meat in the morning and meat in the evening. And here's what I really believe, Darren. I believe that in this period of natural drought on the earth, calamity, economics, all that sort of disruption, that the church, if if the church that is in sync with the Holy Spirit is going to receive um, provision, I'm talking about like opportunity, wisdom, new strategies and structures, but they're not going to look like doves, normal churchy kind of what we would expect, right? They're actually going to come at the beak of ravens, which really speaks to the marketplace. I actually believe that the ravens are going to carry like new technologies, right? We're seeing all this AI, uh, the the digital space, the crypto, uh, all of the, you know, the new kind of machinations there, I believe the ravens have food for the sons of the kingdom that can receive it. And what will happen is it will position them so that when they eventually, when the brook dries up and the ravens stop coming, that they're actually positioned. I believe God is trying to position his church over the next six, seven years for our trajectory over the next 20, 30 years of kingdom advance. But it's not going to come through doves, what we know, what we think we know, going to come through really interesting um, interesting mechanisms, even not just from other sons of the kingdom, but it might even be from people that aren't sons of the kingdom, but are friends of the kingdom. Because not everyone, you, you know, I, I've got people who aren't saved who are friends of the kingdom, you, you know, and they actually favour me, favour what I'm doing because yeah. they resonate with the principles, even yeah. though they as yet aren't in Christ, yep. you know. Yeah, no, I agree um, with that. So I... I I really think that that's where, you know, people such as yourself and what you're doing there and what's been forming with life leaders and and in some respects what I'm doing and how I'm trying. I, I really believe that we're in this moment where, you know, you and I aren't naive to the the rumblings that are going on and everything else that's there, but we, we kind of just... We're in this. We're in this place of the book of Chibrith, right? The, the the water of the Holy Spirit, and because because we're not chasing away the ravens, mm, right? That's good. But yeah, we're but... going. Well, what if what if God's in a thinking that as the body of Christ, we haven't maybe been in, in comfortable with for 
for at least a couple of hundred years, yeah. which, which would be right. Right. You know? um, oh, 100%. I, I think there's something there. I, I think there's something well, I there. I do too. And, and you just finished up my weekend uh, teaching when you said creation was, was cre- uh, God made creation good and not perfect. And it goes not back perfect, to, yeah. it goes back to what you just said right there, right? You go, mm. <clears throat> our, our, our mentality goes, well, God doesn't create anything dark. Well, <laughs> and, and then, and then and Elisha could sit there and go, well, uh, well, the raven's a dirty bird. I can't eat the dirty bird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't, the dirty bird can't help me. One of the things right. that God told me years ago, man, it's funny you said that because I had this, mm. and it's been years ago. He said, there's going to come a time where I'm going to need my people to shine in the middle of darkness. So you got to get ready to dig. You got to dig the ditch so that when the rain comes, bro, listen, we we don't shine when all the lights are on. We only Mm. shine when Mm. the lights go out. So for me, I I think for us, right, we've got to be, we've got to be dynamic leaders because here's the real deal. You've been in business long enough. No matter what the economy does, somebody's getting rich. Someone, yeah, yeah. someone yeah. is getting rich, right? The, if the market goes up, the market goes down. <laughs> someone is getting rich. Yeah. The real question is, why is it, why is it not the son of the kingdom? Why, why are we not placed in the right place? So I think what you just said is a hundred percent accurate. I think God mm-hmm. is, is reestablishing us to be in the right position to say, there's coming a time around the corner. I need you to be able to shine. Cause I believe my yeah. personal belief, it's not just the, I, I, I think you nailed the, the word. I think there's going to be times where there's droughts and they're going to say, man, how do y'all have so much in the drought? Like, how did you do that? How did you, how how are you making all of this work when everyone else is going backwards? That has to be us. I think we're on the cusp of that. If you read the fourth turning, I don't know if you read the book, the fourth turning, uh, I've I've, uh, I've downloaded it. It's it's, it's book great. number three on the pile. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great, man. It's it's really. I've probably read it three or four times by now. But it's a great book. Right. These guys wrote this book in the late '90s, and they nailed where we are right now. They nailed it from 2008 mm. to 2030. I mean, they had it down to a science. And it's our generation, wow. the, the 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 X generation, that are going to be summoned to lead after we get through with this turn. You know, so from right. what is the X generation, 68 to 82 or something. I don't know what it is, but something like that. Yeah, Somewhere in yeah. that neck of the woods. You know what I mean? So uh, what he's what they say, what their premise is that we're we're at, they said in 1997, there's going to be mid 2000s to 2010. There's going to be a massive crisis and it should be an international uh-huh. crisis. And that crisis, you every crisis lasts every turn lasts about 20 to 25 years. <laughs> which okay. puts us somewhere around 2030. And then when yeah. you look at it, you go all the fluctuations of where we are right now, all the, right, the, 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 mm. the, the all the AI that's coming out in the middle of this yeah. turn, right? And all of this stuff, because there's this thing in me, right? And it's probably in you as well, where I feel like, man, God is really blessing me, but I'm not really settled. I still feel like we're in a turn. Right. I can't, I, I can't articulate it. I can't prophesy it, but I feel like we're in a turn. It's just, I know we're good. We're blessed. We're making tons of money. God's been good to us, but I don't feel like we're yeah. settled. I still feel like we're in a turn. Like this thing is still turning. So the premise is sure. of the book is in around about 28 or 30, 2028 or 30, we're going to come out of this. And then the X mm. generation is their time that they are going to be summoned to lead. And here's what they said, you know, it's an American book, but here's what he said. 
It's at that time that the generation that's summoned to lead determines what the, what the country will then become. So their premise wow. is whatever the X generation after this turn, whatever we decide America will become is what the yep. nation will become. And then it, at the, the, backs, uh, the middle line of the preface is that there will be usually there's something in the turn like uh, children or something that everybody can rally behind that says, yeah, we can get behind this. Um, and there's always a hero that stands up and it's a really good book, man. You need to read the book. It's a, it's wow. a phenomenal yeah, book, yeah. but I have this, I, I don't know how to explain it, bro. I just have this weird sense in me that in, in all the good things that are happening, right. And all the blessings that God is doing in my life. And I'm just overwhelmed by, by how blessed we've been. I'm overwhelmed. I still feel this unction inside. Like, no, we're still in the turn. Like, I don't know how to right. say it. Like, like, I can't really settle it in. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're going fast and we're accelerating, but we're still in the curve. Yeah. We're still in the curve. We're still, and I don't know why, but I just can't settle this thing down. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. feel like God is going to, on the yeah. backside, bro, God's going to raise us and say, mm -hmm. here you are, it's your time to lead. I need you to have something to say when it's time to lead. And I need you to have the ears of the people that have the chairs that, that, that are leading. That's real right there. We got to have the ears. That's real. If yeah. we're not in the chairs, we have to have people that, that trust us in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. So look, sometimes the position of influence is greater than the position of power. Uh, so long as, as you sit in the position of influence, you have something to say right. that, um, you know, undergirds those that are in the position of power. Because there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, um, Daniel could do in Babylon as the advisor to Nebuchadnezzar that Nebuchadnezzar would not have been able to do even right. though he was a despot right. ruler. Correct. And so, but the, the point was that Daniel was able, you know, I love the thought that it says um, Daniel was gifted in the, the, uh, the unpacking, or it doesn't mean unpacking, but the... The interpreting of, I think it says, uh, like enigmas and hard mm. sayings. Wow. This thought of enigmas. And a, an enigma is a, is a mystery um, that, that, that doesn't have a logical solution yeah. within the context of the paradigm that's trying to solve it. And so it needs to, to unlock an enigma. You actually have to touch a dimension outside of the dimension that the enigma is in right and and impose a greater a greater revelation and That's that unlocks the enigma and that, which is exactly what daniel does yeah uh, cuz nebuchadnezzar is trying to unlock the the enigma of, to rule the world like he's trying to do that but all he has is his babylonian culture and he has the kingdom of darkness so daniel imposes a greater overwhelm of a greater kingdom which is why nebuchadnezzar says to him 10 times better but I, I think it, it's important because Daniel is not naive to the principles of Babylon and also the sorcery world, yeah. right? which is what yeah. Daniel 1 is all about. Um, you, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I think, Darren, that you're right. I, I think leadership moving forward, talking about kingdom leadership, has to uh, go beyond ecclesiastical yeah. realities, yeah. beyond you know, uh, church planning models beyond 
Sunday service stuff, you know, all the stuff that we know. Sure. And so that's where, you know, I find it interesting in the vehicle that God has given you with life leaders, just about and 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 also your context in the American in the in America, which is different sure. to mine here. You sure. know, uh, there's advantages of your US context in scope. Um to some degree, there's an advantage of your God culture, but there's also a great disadvantage in all that as well. Agreed. Um, uh, you know, and and so it, it'll be interesting. I think it's just interesting what God is is doing with you around the whole merge lane and your ability to do that. I mean, I think you've got to fight bigger religious devils than I'll ever have to fight <laughs> here because our ones just aren't as ancient as your ones. That's you, true. you know, yeah. yours are more integrated. That's true. Um, they are, yes. You know, than, than ours. Yeah. yeah. And when we look, so, when we so, look at church as a whole, when we look at, especially yeah. the word church, right? You know, yeah. um, we, we've, we've inherited a Catholic mentality of what church is and we've made it yeah. into a curiacon, which is a house. And uh, that, yeah, that's, building, yeah. Yeah, that's not what Jesus did at all. Jesus' yeah. model was, I'm going to build an ecclesia. And here's what it is. Yeah. In, in, in the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he, he asked them, who do you say that I am? And yada, yada, yada. And then he said, on this rock. And he turned, he said, I'll build my ecclesia and the gates of hell. Well, what's funny about that, Dave, is that right behind him was a cave. And that is the cave yeah. in Caesarea Philippi that they assumed every dark being, every demonic structure came up out of. They thought that was the, uh, wow. the gate to the, to the underworld, if you will. Underworld. <laughs> and, and Jesus stood there wow. and he said, this, I'm going to build an ecclesia right in the mouth of hell, right in the mouth of the mm -hmm. underworld. I'm going to build it. We have built, we've built structures and mentalities, and that's, this is a big piece for me. I mean, we have to fight this right. big time. The good thing about it is I'm a Pentecostal preacher, so I'm good. I've done it all, right? I don't, you can't, you can't <laughs> really, you know, when it comes to church, man, I've built church and done it all. We've done it all. So, but the reality becomes when we get back to the roots of what Jesus is trying to build, um, he's building a movemental people. And that's why I think we kind of mm -hmm. hijacked the word apostolic a little bit in the last right. decade and a half, because apostolic is only at the root of it. And you go back to the Hebraic mentality. It's about scent. It's, it's just about yeah. scent. I mean, that's, that's it. So, um, we've made it a quote unquote title and sure. it's not a title. It's, it's a position of, of movement. So when we yeah. look at the word ecclesia and we, and I'm trying to get us away from Curiacon, this, this household, yeah, yeah. you know, they, we call it, I yeah. was there Sunday and we were, we were in worship and they, you know, who's happy, who's glad they came into the house of God. Well, that's not a Hebraic mentality. A Hebraic mentality is a household. It wasn't a, it wasn't yeah. a structure. It was a household. <laughs> and my neighbor is my brother and my nephew and my cousin. And this is a household, right? That's how, that's how they yeah. seen it. And that's the people that Jesus was talking to. And when he said Ecclesia, they knew exactly what he meant, right? Yeah. It, it's a it's a governmental people that went from one government into an un a, a, a uncharted region and they began yeah. to culturize that region with Rome that they were sent from. And that's apostolic. That's right. When we get if you want to boil it down, that's that's the truth of apostolic. And I think we've we lost that a little bit here. Here's what I want to say with all that, man. And I can't say it in public, so don't let this get out. Sure. Um, we have made. Uh, apostolic and we we really have made the microphone the pinnacle of of king quote yeah. unquote kingdom life and until we yeah. break that model until we break that mental model 
Um, what I want to do is raise pastors and preachers and what we, you and I call fivefold. I, I don't even like that anymore. Yeah. Um, but people that are assimilated to church work every day or life work in the body every day. Sure. Man, I want to raise these people up to where they don't have financial needs. If I get a guy, you get a guy like me. Hey, Darren, I want you to come to Australia and speak at our conference. I go, cool, man. Let me let me make sure I got my passport. I don't I don't need anything. The the, the events we do, yeah, yeah. the events we do, bro. They go, man. How much do we? What is this going to cost? I said, man, that's on you. I don't. We don't have any charge here. We don't do that. We're coming to give. We're coming to give. We got right. enough money that if we have to pay for our own stuff, we're fine. Don't worry about us. We got it. Right. So, and that's the cool, but when yeah. you get in this place where I don't, we don't need anything. I'm just coming to give you the life that God gave to us. And we hope we bless you and, and leave you with something. If we could raise up quote unquote body people, body church, what we call church yeah. leaders yeah. in that context, man, where they don't need anything, everything changes to mm -hmm. me, man. The institutional model um, that we inherited from the Catholic forefathers that framed us has to be broken down so that we can become an ecclesia. I don't see institution and ecclesia living side by side. No, I no, think no. we've we've, yeah, we've oil, oil and water. Yeah, yeah. I agree, man. I think I I think we've got to come out of this, and I don't see us yeah. coming out of this until we can have real pastors that don't need any money. They they they're taking. Yeah, I, and and the Mormons yeah. the Mormons got it down to a science. I don't know if you've looked at their model. <laughs> they got it down yeah, to a science. Yeah. Their theology is whack off. But but dude, their yeah. model is spot on. It's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. We got a we got a guy here in Australia, a guy called David Orton, who was, you know, a bit controversial guy, but I think 20 years ago, he was probably the foremost prophet in the nation. He's an intellectual as well, which is a good combination. Yeah. And uh he wrote a book called Snakes in the Temple. And uh, it was it was a rebuke uh, to the ecclesiastical system. And anyway, I, I went and met him a couple of times, flew into his state just to go and literally have a coffee with him. I felt like the Lord just and and he said something really profound because he saw what I was doing. And he said, David, I he goes, he said to me, your greatest challenge is that you will have senior leaders that will absolutely agree with your uh, um, revelation of Ecclesia. The problem is that their financial pay structure yeah, is anchored in their ecclesiastical model. And so even though they agree with you, they won't be able to That's transition because yeah. what they're going to do in that is torpedo all they know of their own financial security. And he said, you just need to realize that. He yeah. said, so until you break that 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 hook or yeah. create a different model. Yep. He said you're you're going to just. He said you're just going to find resistance. And yep. you know I I got to tell you, Darren, it's it's so true that the the pastors that send me hate mail, uh, <laughs> I I realize what's going on. It's because I'm scaring them because the very thing that is their their respectfully their income. Yep. Uh, I'm 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 shaking the tree on, yeah. and so they're reacting in fear. Like I I I get that. So I I hear you as far as yeah, we tough. need to change the economic yeah we do realities it of is. how the how the money flows yep. to let's the fivefold leadership how that works. Um, because if we don't, we, we we're just going to continue to yeah. get pushed back on it. We we drown. So, 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 yeah. So let me ask you this question around life leaders this year so with life leaders as a 
as a as a sort of a um, a work, um, you're going after who? You're going after you want to speak to marketplace people in regions or, or in churches or yeah, who, right. who do you want to go after? Right now, who are you going after with life? Well, well, yeah. we're 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 reframing. Well, I shouldn't say reframing. We are framing up the uh, yeah. the model of how to how anyone can get in. So right now we're using okay. what's in front of us. Right, we're going. Yeah. We're we're church people, right? We're a bunch of we're we're, yeah. we're a bunch of preachers that see a revelation. So we're going to churches, and okay. uh, that's our model. This weekend we're going to be in a church, and um, it, that that's our model thus far. Um, I so and, sorry. So will you will you bring training into yes. that church for yep. the yep. Uh, for like life leadership and success yep. and yep. is that is that what you're doing? Right. Yep. Okay. So yep. we're right. doing we're doing both and so Doc's coming. Pops is coming with us. Doc Coddle's coming with us. Friday night yep. he's going to do a theological training. He'll he'll do what he does. Okay. Saturday morning we're going to do life leaders only. We're going to do life leaders teaching. Uh-huh. On the back side of that, we're bringing in Crest Fund, which is the ability for anybody to invest and become an investor, which is a yep. big, big part of what God has assigned us to. So we're talking about life leaders. How? What I'm going to talk yep. about is how the kingdom meets the community. Let's get out. Let's okay. let's let's talk. Let's let's get involved. Let's be. We've got a political guy here who runs political yep. campaigns. He actually uh, ran the campaign for the governor of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, he ran that campaign mm-hmm. and got him got him elected. We got him involved. He comes and does a, uh, well, we usually give people 30 minutes t- time slots. Sure. So we'll bring him sure. out. He's not coming this weekend, but we'll bring him out no. on, on the on the uh, on the political side saying, hey, here's what we can do here. You know, he, and, you know, it's funny thing. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm involved politically uh, just as a consultant. But uh, I didn't know this, and Eamon is the guy's name, and uh, he told us uh, the last time we were together that there were uh, 500 and some odd thousand uh, political seats from school boards to, you know, all kinds of different things all over the country. And um, most of those, most of the seats, most of the seats in every city and every county and every community are run uncontested. People just don't run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we bring that piece yeah. in, and what we're man, we're just trying to bridge this gap, bro. If you've got wisdom, yeah. you got some, you got some science on this. I'm just, try, I'm a preacher, right? That's what I grew up doing. That's what I know. I'm a business guy. I've got successful business, sure. obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to bridge this gap and build this, build this merging lane. Um, mm. where we can, we can bring together all formats and, uh, we've got a, we've got a coaching model. We're starting this year, me and Don. You, you, yeah. You met Don, you met Don at ICAP. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to start coaching some, some, some guys. I mean, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty high level coaching deal. So they got to have money to get in. So it's not for average Joes. Sure. Um, but we're doing, we're doing some new things this year where we're, we're in, like, we'll go to this church. They'll have 200 folks there. And um, mm-hmm. we're we're creating a regional model where the church itself or the pastor himself can be a quote unquote regent representative, and then he could yep. start bringing people into life leaders. So now we're doing things like this: this Zoom will will take bits and tidbits of this and put it into our Dropbox where people can go see you and I have a conversation uh, about these right. things. So uh, these are the things that we're doing. But our our base today is church people and, and church folks. That's that's who we have. Right. That's who knows us. That's who we know. 
And we're just yep. trying to create a language, uh, a language of merge, bro. That's really, if I had to nail it down, we're creating a language like of merge. It. That's really what we're doing. I've got some really cool yeah. guys in the business world who are down for coming in and having conversations. Um, I've got uh, Sean McCloskey is one of my good friends, and uh, he runs a collective mastermind called uh, Leadership Boardroom. Um, and okay. he, he does really cool things about how to find your life's purpose and your center of, of focus and all those things. So he wants to come in, help some pastors on that and, and different things. So we're just trying to format this thing, man. Who is our avatar? Who is our, who is our sweet spot? Well, our sweet spot is the pastor who's somewhere between a hundred and a thousand. That's our guy. Okay. That, that's okay. really our guy. Right. And we just want to bring some arms of resource into his life. I'll give you an, an example. Uh, we got a, what I would call a 80s or 90s charismatic church in Houston, Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, there's still that style of church. Great, phenomenal, outrageously cool people, man. Just salt of the earth people. Well, the pastor has been there for 20 some years, right? So he has no retirement <laughs> other than what we've done for him and helped him do. And uh, yeah. we just set him up. They had tons of money in the bank. It's a very successful church. They had too much money in the bank, which we don't like, right? right. We, we, we go, right. hey, man, you can't have $2 million in the bank. That's just being a bad steward at this point, right? So, <laughs> so anyway, we go no, in no, no. Yeah. and we go in. And and I was going to say, I was gonna say not, not the way it depreciates at this point. Exactly, That's right. It's a liability. You're, you're, yeah, you're right. losing 160 grand a year right now. So. Anyway, right. we, we go in and we say, look, man, this guy's been here 20 years. Let's do a, a retirement. He doesn't have anything. He's in his 60s. Let's do a re retirement plan for this guy. And here it is. If, we, if he does this and he stays this, let's put away $500,000. Let's put it in Crest yeah. Fund for him. They put five hundred grand in Crest Fund for him. It's growing. The church still owns the asset. The asset is still the church's. Yeah. The investment is still yeah. there. So if he goes sideways, it's a wrap. He's out. But if he, does, if he does his deal, man, and he stays for the, for the duration, then that 500 plus anything it accumulates is his retirement package. Sure. So we're doing Beautiful. that, man. I've got two pastors like that. I've got one other guy that we're trying to work with. So, I mean, we're just, we're just trying to help where we can, bro. I, I'm doing all I can do. And uh, God is Great, adding, he, right? He's adding to us as we go, right? Yep. Again, this is why I wanted to have this conversation as well. But, um, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to build this merge lane, bro, so we can we can we can stop the distance and the difference. Right. I don't like the Catholic model that we own right now as a church, as a church yeah. body in America. I don't like the Catholic model that we own. Um, mm -hmm. I want to I want to see ecclesias. Right. I want to see ecclesias all over the nation mm -hmm. and all over the world. That's what I want to see, uh, whether it's whether Brilliant. it's city councils or attorney groups. Right. Whatever it is. Or real estate right, investors right. or builders and developers like uh, whatever it is, man, I don't care. I just want to see I want to see God's reign in the earth because I am a dominionist by nature. And I just believe that if we do right, then we can consume it. And he, he is good because at the end of it, Paul said all things are consumed back into him. So, yes, yes. you know, that's where we are. And, and so our avatar right now is just those churches, man, that we know. Um, I'm doing some new hey, stuff man. this year, man. I'm doing some developments for some churches that have excess land. We've got some really cool stuff that we just implemented and we're going to help them take some of their raw dirt 
and put a community right on site. Boom, you got 25 acres that we can span off. Let's take 25. Let me put 350 families in here and I'll, I'll, put, yeah. a, I'll put a dent in your debt or I'll put some cash in your bank account. So that's what we're doing. It's great. It's great. Yeah, we, uh, we just took a, here in this city, we just took a three hectares of land, 7.6 million. And uh, we put two development applications. We're about to put two development applications. One half of it's got a, like a big uh, warehouse. Uh, we're going to re, uh, we're going to change that to a business center. That's actually going to have the church uh, in it. It's going to have um the church, uh, we're, we're going to build uh, the city uh, a theatre, nice. uh, a 600-seat theatre that's a commercial reality that the church will then use. But the other half of the land, we're actually putting in a development for 300 apartments. There you and because um, the reality is whether even if we don't build an apartment, we could sell the development application and half the land for $15 million, which yep. would pay out the loan and then build the this other business center or we we become involved in the in the development of the units as well which would be about 150 million with partners and the church gets a percentage of course of that so that's we, we're you know we're, we're we're on your on your that, that's wavelength ex, that's there exactly what we're doing right there that's exactly what we're right. doing so we're coming in i Love have a, i have some big money players in the states and uh, they're looking for land that they can build 300, 350 units on. So we're going to do one of two things. We're either going right. to develop it and build it ourselves and then just right. pay, the, pay the church. Or we're going to climb the hill for the rezone and the, and the restructuring and, and the layout. And then we'll just sell it yeah. to a developer. And then they'll drop three, right. 300, 400 families on, on site. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Man. Exactly. Oh man, yeah, yeah, we're on the same wavelength there. Yeah, yeah we because because the question that we had was not what does what does the church in twenty thirty look like, but what does the as in as in the church I'm talking about it facility wise, what does it look like in twenty fifty? Yeah, man. right. Like what what is that? Yeah. What 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 are we building there? Because if we're just building respectfully cathedrals, right, then we'll have the same. I'm talking about contemporary you know, charismatic Pentecost, we'll have the same thing that we we knock the traditional churches about, which is cathedrals that are prime land that are utilized 10% of the week that really don't have any engagement. They're irrelevant to the community. And uh, yes. all that happens is councils push back on those developments yep. going, we don't want you to tie up land for the next 50 years yep. that has no benefit outside of private religion to our city. Agreed, right? man. Like, uh, 100%. No. I've got a, we've got a church. Uh, I don't know if you're a golfer, but we've got a church in Augusta, Georgia, um, right. where the Masters is played. And they are mm -hmm. literally 30 feet from the Masters. They, they have the wow. most prime real estate you've ever seen in Augusta. They have offered these, these folks is anything, uh, really it's, it's kind of whatever do you want? What do you want for us? to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, what? She has 15 or 17 acres and they would probably write her a check for 30 or $40 million. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. we go and I go, well, this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. You've got 250 people in a room twice a week <laughs> and you've got $30 million wow. worth of dirt. Take these 200 people down the street, build you a church and sell this to yeah. them. Right. Let them get that money and then let's go invest it and let's build and let's build and build. But yeah. no, we, we sit on it for Jesus. I've got a local pastor right here that's got a hundred acres 
And I told him wow. the other day, I said, listen, man, and they're never going to use it. They've got a three, four thousand, four thousand people, a hundred acres. They're never going to use it. And I'm going, no. man, let's let's take 25 of this no. and build an apartment complex. I'll put two million dollars down on your debt when we're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you you're none the wiser. Like it's and it's baffling. But but you know and I know. You've been in this long enough, and I've yeah. been in this long enough. We as church people, and I was the same way when I was a church guy. Sure. You know, we're sure. going to build a city for Jesus all the time. And, you know, yeah. unfortunately, 30 years later, you still have 100 acres and you still have 3,000 people, which is great. I'm yeah. not mad about that. But we could have done something with that land 30 we years ago. Right. And, and done something real, you know, systemic in the creation of the reign of the kingdom of God. We could have we could have built something. Um, but but yeah. religious, religious mindsets, just like the Catholics, they go, we can't. No, this is our land. We can't sell it. This is Jesus's land. Yeah. So I agree with you, yeah. man. We're we're there with you on that. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going to these churches. Uh, John John Kelly says uh, one of the strategies that you should have churches should have about taking their city is to buy it, right? Real like talk. Like you gotta have like Real that's talk. dominion, right? Real talk. Like like buy it. I mean that's yeah. That, that's what uh, go back into church history. Uh, you know, that's what Calvin was trying to do at Geneva. You know, like, I mean, that's that's what there is. You know, I've been to yep. Portugal. I, I saw how the Catholic Church tried to yep. buy the prime land. It, it, it fell short, but I knew what they were after. Right. Um, I right. think it's got to be part of the strategy. And, and I agree with you. Sitting on 100 acres of land with a small congregation is, um, is a mismanagement, I think, Agreed. of kingdom assets. Because at the end of the day, it's... It's the king's assets. That's exactly. And so if you're right. not maximizing that. We, right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I hear you, man. It's it's great. I, I love what you're doing, Darren. Yeah, man. Love, love yeah. what you're pressing I, towards. I agree, and I and I love what you guys are doing, man. What you're doing over there sounds so Thank familiar you. to us, man. I mean, it, it just yeah. it, it sounds like a bleed off. That's why I wanted to connect and chat and just kind of, uh, you know, do what yeah. we can. So whatever we can do together, I'm I'm all for it. I think it would be really cool. Sure. Yeah. I would love for you to be in the States more, um, you know, that would yeah. be really good, but uh, I get it. Um, so just let me know, man, stay in the loop with us and uh, stay in the loop I with will. me. And let's, let's keep communicating and keep chatting through some Thank of you. this stuff, man. And then whatever we can do, we're always here. You know that. So you just let me know. Yeah, great. I look forward to it, man. I, like I said, yeah, I, I like it. I think we're, we're drinking of the same stream yeah. and, yeah. um, you, you know, it it is um, respectfully not because I prophesied it, but it is the I, we're in the season of the ravens, and so that's you know that's this is our day um, to think in these realms. Um, you know, so let's yeah, let's see what God does with it.